Did you know that the road freight industry, meaning trucks that transport products across countries, is responsible for 6% of the total greenhouse gas emissions in Europe? That's about half of the greenhouse gases that European flights produce. So if there's a way to make the trucking industry more sustainable, that'll make a big impact in reducing our carbon emissions. I'm Daniel Hartz, and this is the Sustainability Champions podcast, where we highlight the people, ideas, and innovations that are protecting and healing the planet. Today, my guest is Jacob Moose, co-founder and CEO of Trax. Trax allows companies to track and manage their carbon emissions from the fleet of trucks in order to increase transparency and sustainability. Companies can then make changes to the way their trucks operate to be more fuel efficient and save money in the process. So thank you very much for joining me, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to discussing a few things today. So number one is the challenges of tracking and ultimately lowering the CO2 emissions in trucking and the supply chain overall. Uh, I'm fascinated with how you actually came up with this idea because it's it's uh, something I've, I personally have never really considered. And I know that that's something that, that you were talking about earlier as well, about how challenging it is to know where our stuff actually comes from and to think about trucks and, and the transportation of goods. And finally, the third thing is how you actually help companies track their emissions and ultimately lower them. So I'd love to just jump right into it. What exactly does Trax do briefly? So we, we have a two-sided market, so to mm-hmm. speak. We have, uh, on one side of the market is the, um, the fleet owner, the carrier. He has trucks and he has, um, some have many trucks. Most have quite few, like one to five. Now, the other side, we have shippers. They are big companies, small companies, everyone who needs to get something transported. Right. And there's a lot in the middle, so to speak. There are middlemen. We have... Um, we have uh, logistics service providers in the middle. We have some shippers have their own trucks. They also carriers. But the big picture, carrier and shipper. So a carrier who has its assets, um, he's, of course, interested in being as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. 30% of his costs are uh, fuel. And if he can save just a little bit of that, he can uh, expand his margins uh, significantly. Uh, the current system to save or track or manage uh, fuel consumption is very difficult. It's based on uh, on uh, descriptive analytics. So you can see this was my consumption yesterday, this was the day before yesterday, and so on and so forth. Everyone can do that because there's a SIM card in every single truck. But um, it's very difficult to know if that was good or bad. Hmm. And um, on the other side, we have the shipper, he is very, or she is very interested in lowering the CO2 in the whole company, especially in the supply chain, because it's such a difficult task. So um, they often ask their carriers to report the CO2. It's a big challenge to get the reports in how much CO2 was spent on this uh, uh, good and on on this drive and so on. And it's a, it's a big long fight with a lot of Excel sheets. And it's unfortunately very imprecise. It has an, error, an estimated error rate of up to 400%. I mean, I'm wow. not kidding, 400%. So we have these two problems. Carrier who wants to save CO2 but doesn't really know how to or has, doesn't really have the right tools to do it. And a shipper who wants to measure the CO2 in his supply chain so that he can lower it. What we do is 
we take CO, we take data from the trucks. So as I said, every truck is connected to the internet and the owner of the data is the owner of the truck fleet. So he sent us the raw data. We create digital twins using AI so that we're able to, uh, to uh, create not just the picture of what has happened, but also was it good or bad? We can actually compare. We can, I call it a context-aware benchmark. So if someone is driving, let's say, 37 liters per 100 kilometers in a city with a full truck, with 40-ton truck, is quite good. Yeah, but if he drives with 26 liters per 100 kilometers on the flat uh, highway with an empty 40-ton truck, it's very bad. Mm. And like, that's just one example of the context. And there are so many, con- like the weather, the age of the truck, there's so many parts you have to take care of. And we're creating this context-aware benchmark so that we can say, this is what happened, this is what could have happened and should have happened. And then we give suggestions, what can you do to be more efficient when you drive. Should your, this driver have another truck? Should he have a smaller truck or a bigger truck? Should he have another brand? Uh, which kind of tires should you use, basically, for the routes you're driving? We can give alarms when something is going wrong, if someone has forgotten to turn off the engine. Uh, we, we have a whole bunch of, of services to help the carrier. On the other side, the shipper, he can get an automatic reporting from the carrier and what we do for the shipper is that we allocate, measure and allocate the CO2 very precisely. Uh, thereby, we help both sides of the market and try to build up a two-sided market that helps, helps them all. Basically, creating, first of all, transparency so that we can lower CO2. And then at the end, when we have lowered as much as we can, offset. That's incredible. I mean, that's a lot of information that it sounds like was never available before. It has been, um, I, I mean, if uh, I'm, I'm very interested in carbon accounting and see how we do with it. And, and, and we see the first kinds of apps that have sprung up where you can do your private carbon accounting. And we right. see how difficult it is because the supermarket chain is not really aware how much CO2 has this Mars bar cost. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. And even if you try with simpler goods, it's very difficult to come away from your own company. So you can say, how much fuel did I, if you only transport one good and you only transport it from A to B, you can see how much fuel did I buy and how much electricity does my warehouse cost and so on. And you can do some kind of carbon accounting. But most of the goods that we people do, most of the carbon footprint we have, is so difficult to look through. And one of the main reasons is the supply chain. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I, I see we have... So many people, and that's my whole starting point for my whole company and for for what I try to do here is to say, we have so many people who want the same. We are so lucky that we don't have a fight against each other. We really want to do the same. So let's do it. We have a technology now that can actually do it. We We can create transparency without also without undressing the carrier. It's very important for me that the carrier is still like he is a like they're almost always very, very good people who really want to do their best. But he can report. He doesn't have to sit and do Excel sheets in the middle of the night in order to, to do his reporting. So we can get everything done, and it's for a greater good at the end of the day. How, how does it actually work in terms of, in terms of more logistically speaking? Because I'm, you, know, you mentioned all of these different uh, factors, whether the truck is full, what the weather is, the tires, uh, you know, if it's a flat surface. So it, you mentioned that there's, um, there's a SIM card in the truck. And does the SIM card know all of this thing or you have to actually manually input that? Um, so uh, all new trucks have a, 
a built-in SIM card from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, other trucks uh, often have a plug-in telematic system that works with, um, uh, like with an external service. They send data to a cloud. It's and, uh, sorry, Jacob. Just to just to clarify, telematic. What's uh, I'm not familiar with. The oh, term. Yeah, sorry. That's um, that's a system that takes data from a vehicle or from a machine uh, and sends it to a cloud or to a server. Basically. So that's that, basically like Internet of Things. It's Internet of Things, yes. And a truck has, I think, between 300 and 500 sensors. Wow. And um, there is a standard for this telematic systems. They read round about 70 different sensors um, and send them every 30 seconds. So they make a snapshot of the 70 sensors and send it to a cloud every 30 seconds. Um, that is a very, very nice uh, and fine and granular data uh, um, platform for us to start on. Mm -hmm. That means for me... Um, I get information in every 30 seconds about how, which angle was the brake, which angle was the speeder, which gear were we in, where were we located, what was uh, around per minute, what was the speed, what was the, like every, I get a wow. lot of information. But I also, and that's very important, how many milliliters of diesel came out of the valves the last 30 seconds. So I can really very precisely make a picture and can very precisely make a picture of every single route, every single truck, every single truck brand. I can say make a route, a picture of every single driver, which we're very careful with that. So we have a very, like, it's very anonymous. Uh, we put them in groups, so to speak, about how their driving behavior is. It's, yeah, we, tr <laughs> we, we, we really want GDPR. To make, yeah, we don't, we don't want to, like, clarity can also have a downside, and we're very, very aware of that. Mm -hmm. But we can make uh, digital twins of every single factor in it, and that means that we can then combine. So making this, getting all this information, uh, we have, like, we have a whole toolbox of services that we uh, uh, say, give to the carrier. Uh, most of the services are only in uh, only in uh, on a proof of concept level right now, but we're looking for carriers who are willing to to go in an experiment. Of course, they get a huge discount if they do it. Um, where we, uh, for instance, can help them in their together with their transport management system. Tell if you have five tours this morning and you have these five trucks and these five drivers, which combination of the three things driver, truck, tour is the optimal one. We've done that with one customer and actually saved 10% of his fuel just in that simple thing. This is like, this is brand new uh, for, for the industry because normally you don't think like that. You just think availability, um, but this is a level that we can get in with our technology. And other services, yeah. so other services we can, we can uh, when you purchase, you say, I, sh I need a, a new, uh, what's called um, a spoiler, and we can, we can measure for you exactly which spoiler is uh, the right one to drive with or new tires. We can tell you exactly which tires for the routes you're driving, for the surfaces you're driving. Um, because we are the first ones to have this, the first ones to have this, um, let's call it the context aware benchmark or baseline that we can say for this route and this truck, this is the optimal part. That's amazing. So there's um, those those three things: uh, the driver, the truck, the tour. So can you tell uh, a carrier, um, you know, I don't think this driver, whoever they are, because it's anonymous, this driver is not really good for this route. You should yeah. you should really have them drive somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, I would say many of my carrier customers say to me, "I know that already." Oh, and I'm really? Like, 
that's 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 super because it's a it's a gut feeling industry and i really respect these people you should see they know so much and they're also proud many of my customers and i like that i like people who are really proud in the job they're doing but what i'm also saying to them is if you get sick one day and most of them are also quite old so if you go uh, if you go in um uh, in pensions who should take over that gut feeling i'm just supporting exactly what you know already plus i'm putting a number behind it so yeah. you can you start measuring it so that you know what it is. And that's, that's what makes the industry a little bit difficult to get into because of the pride that they're like, why should this, this annoying young Danish guy come and tell me how to do my business the best? But I am also creating facts by doing so, and I am showing them how much money they actually do save on it. Yeah. So that, that customer you said that saved 10% on their fuel, um, what, what are the benefits to them and to their clients on that savings? Why is that, why is that savings important to, the, uh, to them? I mean, if, if you have, like, um, most companies have roundabout, I always get a slap on my head for this because <laughs> the official numbers is zero to 2% margins. I say 3% margins. Some big companies say, no, 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 we have 6% margins. But the truck driving in itself has very, very low margins. So I'm going to stick with three. And then the people slap me on the head and say, no, that's not true. Then why do we have this industry anyway? Because people wouldn't do anything for 3% margins. Most Western European companies have found a way to have uh, storage or logistics services on top, which makes the money. So the, the, the trucks will, will just help to... The last part, but that part of the company, no matter if it's the company as a whole or if it's a part of the company, has a three percent margin, and thirty percent of the of the cost structure is fuel. So if you can save ten percent of your fuel, you can actually put a huge, like, you can put ten percent or eleven percent on top of your margins. Mm -hmm. I think head head calculating. Yeah, but it's it it, it is numbers. it is a huge it's a huge difference for them. Any liter of fuel. Right. And to their customers, because we were talking earlier that the shippers, these are ultimately the companies that actually have a product to ship. Um, they're interested in knowing their carbon savings. Yeah. Like, um, it is, uh, this is what makes my, my uh, job quite difficult because I have a two-sided market. It's very difficult for a small startup to have this complex, like two customers, right. two problems. But uh, I will try. So the shipper, he has a huge problem, or she has a huge problem in um, that there's so much pressure from employees, from customers, from investors, or just because they want to do it, they want to lower their CO2, they want to uh, adhere to the Paris uh, uh, Climate Agreement uh, by being neutral in 50-50. And actually, many, very many companies are going in and committing to um, uh, what we call the science-based targets, which also means that they should say round about 25% by 2025. Mm. It's like huge goals. Then what happens is in the company, they're spreading like the, 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 the bonus system around and say, you get your bonus if you manage to save this. And the, uh, the two people in such a company who have the biggest amount of CO2 to deal with, like three people, are the, the, the building manager, the production, and the logistic. And the problem in the logistic is that it's extremely difficult to save. Most of them don't even have an overview of the supply chain in their, um, uh, the CO2 uh, emissions in the supply chain. So what happens is we have trains, we have big ships, we have trucks, 
we may, might have uh, 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 like uh, what's it called ships inland uh, ships. Um, but that's basically the mix we have of modes. When you look at a big ship, it's easy to find out how much CO2 you spend because you go from one port to another. You know exactly how much the ship has bunkered. It's officially like public knowledge. How much has the ship bunkered here? How much has the ship bunkered here? You know how many tons were on board and you know how many of them were yours. So you can very easily say, what did it cost per ton kilometer in CO2? Yeah, direct translation from the amount of oil to the amount of CO2. When it comes to railways, the same thing. You have electricity, you can measure how many you have. Like it's, it's more steady. When it comes to trucking, the only way to do it is to get a report. And then what most companies do is that they put a factor on it. They, put, uh, they say um, seven and a half uh, kilos or ton CO2 per like kilo CO2, sorry, per ton kilometer. And with that factor, they sort of like, they factor in a number and they have something for reporting. That is the number that I say has 400% error rate. And the problem with that is if you can make a report, you can make a report when you have 400% error rate, that's fine. You can compliant, you can say, this is what we spend on the supply chain. The problem with it is you cannot use a 400% error rate to manage anything. You cannot make decisions on it. Right. So we have big industries and especially fast moving consumer goods, uh, clothing, they say we need desperately to find out how much CO2 do we spend in our supply chain, scope one, scope two, and scope three. Scope three means everything that's upstream and downstream. Yeah, both all the raw materials that comes in and everything that comes out. And we have no clue how to do it. And that's where I come in. I say, I have an automatic way to do it. And it's precise because it's based on real data. And then thirdly, I can allocate because that's the third part that comes in. I talked about a Mars bar just as an example. Yep. It goes from a storage on a truck on one uh, big package, right? And there are five other packages on it. And you go to the first point and you up- offload three that belongs to another customer. And then five other packages come in and you go to the next point. And then you go to the next point and then you drive empty home. And this one package of Mars bars, how much of the CO2 of the whole route are you responsible uh, for? Yeah. Responsible for because it's a, it's a clear uh, agreement uh, in the EU that you're like the shipper is responsible for the empty trips. So how do you calculate that? And we can do it just like this. Wow. So this is the service we give for the shipper. We give a very precise measurement, automatic, and like. You don't have to do any manual work on it. Automatic, precise measurement, and then the allocation. And then comes the second part, because we can say, was it good or bad? So we can actually say, who, which of your external shippers, uh, uh, external carriers, that's the most important part, the external, which of your external carriers could actually do better? And how can you help him do better? Hmm. Which of them could have an electric truck on his route? How can you help him invest in an electric truck? He has 3% margin. He's not going to invest in anything. How can you help him? Thereby, you save this amount of uh, CO2. Thereby, you save this amount of money in climate offsetting, and so on and so forth. So what we do there is just the same way as with the carriers. We're making decision support. Just like how do you, uh, when should you do the right thing? That's basically the main point of it is just like create facts so that you can make the decisions of doing the right things. Yeah. Wow. That's um, intricate. I mean, I think for the, for the carriers, the, the truck fleet owners and operators, I think it's a much more straightforward 
kind of pitch, I suppose, or, or in terms of, um, you know, in yeah, terms of the benefits, it's very simple. You know, you have trucks, we'll measure your CO2 based on a bunch of data. Whereas for the, um, uh, whereas for, for the shippers, it is significantly more complicated because, uh, so are, are you able to, you know, let's say I'm shipping, as I say, I'm in the Mars bar industry because we we're talking about it. So let's say that I have a small shipment of Mars bars. It's like one pallet. And so I put it onto one truck that has, you know, I don't know how many pallets fit into a truck, but let's just say there's a lot of other ones. With, as a shipper, if I purchase and use tracks, will I be able to somehow with your software know how much carbon emissions were, how much carbon was emitted for each of my Mars bars on? So I can then calculate based on the route and everything that each bar had XYZ n- number yep. of emissions. And we're expanding it as well. So we're also giving the information for uh, big ships and uh, railways. So we are able to say this Mars bar, the transport had this, like cost this CO2 per gram, per ton kilometer per gram. And then of course we can tra- translate it into how many kilometers did this six gram Mars bar drive. So yes, we can do it very precisely. Um, That's insane. That's amazing. And we can, depending on now, with like I'm having this example of the company Mars. Yeah. So that's a, they would be a good customer. I'm just, um, <laughs> so uh, they would then decide like what are the raw ingredients? What about like the scope three is difficult because it's like it's huge. Who even yeah. knows who who dug out the. Uh, I don't know. So <laughs> it's, it's very far, but we can set it up together with them that we can even come to the point like the transport to the factory, transport from the factory, the transport from the storage to the shop and thereby allocate and set up what did the mass bar cost and also allocate the mass bar and say which of it was from the supermarket, which of it was from uh, the company Mars. So right. CO2 allocation is incredibly difficult. It is. And you need, you're still making standards about who does like, the standard about who pays for the CO2 that you drive home empty. There are new standards for, um, yeah, for do you, do we calculate uh, well to wheel, like from the oil has been dug up to, to it come into the car, or we just from tank to wheel, so to speak. Mm. Uh, electric vehicles, are we also calculating the cost of creating the vehicle and, and getting the battery and everything, yeah. Batteries up. So, so they're still setting standards is still complicated. And I think what we have tried to do is to come up with the first credible, uh, precise and automatic uh, uh, allocation tool for the whole supply chain. Yeah. I, I know there will always be discussions then and someone would say, ah, what about the storage? What about the storage room? But I believe in an API first future. I believe that you should get these people who are very good at that to put that in, that it has to be connected somewhere. And we should just do that little difficult thing that we are very good at. Yeah. And that is the transport part. Wow. So this is, um, yeah, because I, I've I've heard about these about the challenges of scope three, just because it's like like you said. I mean, scope three is you know where does the uh, it includes the carbon emissions of the plastic, creating the plastic and and all of that that wraps the Mars bar. Um, 
this is also a great uh, Mars is getting a lot of um, a lot of attention today. So um, uh, and um, yeah, so I, essentially what you're doing is you're actually putting numbers to scope three emissions to these emissions that are basically impossible to measure um, because they're it's the stuff that's basically outside of direct outside of a company's direct control. Actually, what's what's happening right now, and it's back to one of the, one of your, your former questions and, and a comment is um, I thought when I started the company that the easy deal what would be to go to the fleet managers and say, see, you can save 10%. Yeah. Um, that's actually not that easy. They have a lot of work. They have a lot of pride. They're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever you say and stuff. It's like... There we only get the the curious two percent, meaning we have to have a lot of customer meetings before we get a couple of 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 people on board with the other part and it sounds complex when I tell about it, and I'm working on getting it more easy and so on. But the funny thing is when I talk to a sustainability manager from a mm -hmm. huge uh, um, fast moving consumer goods company, they say, "Hey, wait, so you can yeah, you can credibly measure." Okay, good. Like they sort of like they get it. I can I can write a free line on LinkedIn and say, hey, do you want to have a phone call? Uh, and that would be like, okay, what have you have you found a solution? Because this is something they all working on. They know they need some something. And to be honest, everyone knows that the numbers that we do right now, they're numbers because we need to write some numbers down. They know they're not precise enough to make decisions on. So if they can, like, if you can manage, if you can measure, then you can start managing. You can ma start making decisions. You can set strategies. You can even create new business models. If I was a logistic company, I would definitely use a system like this. And then I would go to my shipper and say, hey, do you want to have an, a, a climate-free transport? Then the shipper doesn't even have to think about it. He can just be like guaranteed that it's offset. And I would be the one who makes sure that my carrier is lower and then I'll offset. You know, there are new business models. There's so many new things in it. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's the reason why I'm focusing so much on, on that part. Because I think in the industry, what I have learned is the shipper is the one who's going to pay for it anyway. And the carrier at the end of the day, He's happy if it helps, but he's very busy in just getting the things from A to B. So the shipper is the one who needs to take responsibility and who needs to, to, to do it. So I'm saying, I'm helping you with a problem you haven't solved yet. And in the meantime, please help the carriers and cooperate with the carriers so he can lower his CO2 because there's nothing worse than people who just offset without trying to lower. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, um, based on the way you're describing it, in theory, shippers could almost ask or mandate that they're that the carriers that they use uh, purchase a subscription and, and start using tracks because yep. otherwise it makes them look bad. I mean, if I'm a large FMCG company and I need, and you know, I need to know my scope three emissions along the supply chain as we're discussing, and uh, I have trucks going all over Europe and all of this, and I have no clue. I mean, the first thing I can do is once I discover how powerful your, um, how powerful your software is, it, I think it would make sense for me to have a meeting with, with my carriers and the people who are transporting everything and just say, guys, we need to have, uh, we need to have some sort of level of measurement because, you know, our CEO is asking, we're getting, we're going to be taxed heavily and this solution is so easy. Yeah. Um, and it could save you money as well in the process. 
I'm, I'm curious to know because you, you mentioned earlier um, in the similar idea of you know the, the the shipper actually encouraging the carrier to make changes, uh, and you said about electric trucks. So does electric trucks? Uh, I've been seeing that you know electric trucks are becoming uh, the technology is is getting there. Um, for it to actually be a legitimate solution, it's probably, I'm assuming it's still a little ways away because they need to go very far on a single charge, I would, I would imagine, for it to actually make sense. Uh, assuming that we fast forward to that time when electric trucks are actually a real thing, um, does that in any way, shape, or form affect uh, your business? Yeah, in, in the sense that, uh, like, I, deep down in my heart, I'm an innovation manager. Mm. I, 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 I love the I love the idea of uh, systemic innovation. I love the idea how can we actually make it economically sensible to do the right thing. That that's the way we need to go. We need to 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 throw the money in the direction that the world wants it to go. Absolutely. And the world wants it to go to decarbonization. Mm-hmm. And one of the ingredients for decarbonization is um, is uh, alternative fuels where the fuels have come are green, yeah. right? So, so that's definitely one part. Other parts are like getting the trucks fuller. It's like getting the right routes, using them the right way. And what I want to do is I want to start now today where most trucks are diesel and help them. But if I know how, how, what it costs for you to go from A to B in a diesel truck, I will also know exactly how far you would go in an electric truck. And this is the logic I have behind it is to come and say, um, on this route, you could actually have an electric truck today. On the, like, I can start putting in these suggestions to go in and say, when is the return of investment right there where it makes sense for you? Because the investment decisions are so difficult for, for, for anyone in the industry. And right now, electric trucks are so immensely expensive that it's only used for marketing. But what you can do is when the prices have lowered, both there and hydrogen trucks or whatever is going to be the future, we can go in and say, did you know your total cost of ownership of uh, this truck would be better if it was a, a, a hydrogen truck or on this route, you can also have electric because you don't drive more than 400 kilometers and so on. So like we can start doing that and also to the next steps, like also towards autonomous driving trucks. What we want to do is just to help people make the right decision so that we go to that future that we all sort of want, <laughs> uh, that the things are driving, that the people are having a good job, that people are happy in doing what they're doing, and that it's all a little bit cleaner, a little bit safer while doing so. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I think I totally get it because ultimately every single suggestion that you make, it's a win-win. That would be the ideal. It's a win for the carrier because you know they hopefully end up saving money on any sort of fuel costs and and you can tell them exactly how to save that money and you can make a suggestion by saying actually on this route you can save even more by going electric for instance and it's a win for the shipper for the company with the products because you can tell them your carriers can save co2 on these routes by going electric and so on and so forth and and now they're sort of like pushing one another to be more effective more efficient and to save money in the process and that's why i love like right now i'm focusing very much on fast moving consumer goods first of all again it's maybe it's a 
maybe it's my na naivety. Um, Fast-moving consumer goods is the most complex part. As I said, you know, they have mostly less than truckload. They have many different stops in, in one pallet. There can be different products, really complex. Mm. Um, but I do it also because, you know, they're going to be the first ones who say, ah, we have a truck that drives in the city. And if it has my name on the side, I can actually help the external carrier to buy an electric truck there that we can actually start putting something I in see. the toolbox for the shipper. That's actually, that, that makes sense. Like they're like, they have this extra thing, the marketing thing in mm -hmm. on top. And we're like, Oh, let's find some very nice strategies for you to help your carriers to also connect your carriers and make sure that your carrier always likes to work for you. It's also a problem that we need to solve. Um, and thereby collaboratively, and that's the whole point of it. People should collaborate to do this. It's, it's with each other. And we try to be this neutral middleman who can just help people, as I said, make the right decisions. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for outlining this. It's fascinating. And I think um, the work that you're doing is clearly very important. It's a big challenge, um, not just for you. It's it's clearly a huge challenge for, for both shippers and carriers. And it's wonderful to see that you're taking on this, this challenge head on. And, and uh, best of luck uh, during you. this time and just in general. It's I'm really looking forward to hearing where uh, where Trax ends up in the next year or two and and beyond. Um, so for you're gonna hear more from us. Uh, yeah, absolutely, I hope so. And if uh, if Mars is listening or any other companies who are interested, uh, yeah. whether shippers or carriers, uh, and they they want to learn more, how can they actually find you and get in touch? I mean, we have our webpage traxfortrucks.com. Uh, they can also find me on LinkedIn. I uh, I'm looking very much for companies who are uh, interested in doing these things uh, together with us, as I said, collaboratively, uh, the technology is there. We have proven, proven that we can do it. The next steps is um, we need to find out exactly how should it look for, the, for each of the customers. So we are looking for customers who want to solve these problems uh, together with us. Um, yeah, and we can build it up together. They're always welcome to contact me. And uh, anyone who's curious, Every, anyone who's uh, looking, I hope that I have, like anyone who's looking to invest in uh, in um, in, a, in a startup that has uh, enormous potential and uh, who is also can help us co-create and co-build this market. I'm always willing to have a call. Excellent. Well, for anyone who's listening, who's interested, um, tracksfortrucks.com. And uh, Jacob Moose is pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. Uh, it's M-U-U-S. So don't forget the second U. And uh, Jacob, thank you so much for your time. Great to speak with you. And looking you. forward to hearing some updates very soon. Definitely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating. And also, please subscribe, whether on your podcast app or on YouTube. And that way you can be the first to know about new episodes. Thank you very much and talk to you soon.